slept through my usual hosting time. I made a whole bunch of cookies. I've lost the chat room, and my I got like 30 tabs open because I was publishing um, posts on um, Rough Trade. Uh, and I got, I got kind of confused as to what I was doing. Anyways, um, today I made cookies, and... Um, <laughs> Let me tell you a funny story about my little dog. Jack, um, when he was very small, um, he was um, sickly because he was a rescue, and um, I had to give him vitamins and stuff. And his vitamins um, looked a great deal like chocolate. And it was a terrible coincidence. I don't know why they would make canine vitamins that look like chocolate. Um. So very early on, I I accidentally gave my dog a phobia uh, because every time I would have chocolate, um, I would tell him how evil and bad and wrong it was and just be all disapproving and shit. Um, to the point now, even, you know, he's, he's nine years old this year, um, every time he smells chocolate, he barks at it. Now, this is only relevant because today I made uh, chocolate truffle cookies. And here's another thing about Jack. Um, he associates the timer in the kitchen going off with me being um, g- me being required to do something um, with human food. So whenever the timer goes off, he gets super excited. And if I have my headphones on, he you know, he'll tap my leg to get my attention because... I need to go see what the timer's doing. So every time the timer would go off, he would uh, get my attention and trot down there, and then he would smell the chocolate, and he would stand in the doorway of the kitchen and bark. Every time. And I made four batches of those cookies. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he had a very stressful evening. (laughs) I don't even, I fuck a real asshole. But it's too late to change um, this particular uh, behavior. And I don't want to because, of course, chocolate is very dangerous for dogs. Um, Now, commercial chocolate you buy, you know, candies, um, candy bars, they don't actually have enough chocolate to do damage to your dog unless they eat like a whole bag of um, uh, full-size Snickers or something, you know. I mean, but I don't really buy a lot of that cheap chocolate I buy really good chocolate and today with these truffle cookies I used a 70% um, bittersweet and um, oh the whole house smells like chocolate it's like we took a bath in it he's he's really stressed out Um, but I don't want him to uh, uh, not um, respond uh, negatively to chocolate because it's very dangerous for him especially in our household as we do have a lot of high quality high content chocolate um which is more dangerous than say a candy bar convenience store because there's not as much chocolate in that as what you get in some of the higher end brands um and um so it's a thing um someone asked for a um Recipe, and I do have a recipe. It's on my pin board, on my Pinterest, ever how you fucking say that. Um, And I will 
They're called dark chocolate truffle cookies. Um, and um, yeah, they are they are fierce. It's like it's like a brownie and a cookie had a baby. I, I ain't even playing. It's it's outrageously good. Um, <clears throat> I posted uh, my shorts from Rough Trade on my site, and I was I made a little page for them and everything, and I was getting organized. And since I'm getting ready to do a newsletter for. Uh, my site, I decided to put up all my little shorts so I could have, you know, content for my newsletter. Um, and I wanted to talk about the big short challenge in my newsletter. And um, it would be easy to demonstrate, you know, what I had been doing with the, the challenge if my stuff was already on my site. So I posted all these little shorts. Um, and the response was interesting in that my Stargate fans um, who you know traditionally just read Stargate or read Stargate first and I kind of dragged them into the Harry Potter fandom um, they were all like thank you oh, this is great I love it whereas the readers that I know who were only on my site to strictly read Harry Potter were all like more 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 I want a sequel more more oh my fucking god what is wrong with you people I don't So I think I'm going to dedicate like a whole fucking paragraph in my um, newsletter to um, explaining what flash fiction is, which isn't something I normally do, but because of the way that we're structuring the challenges on Rough Trade, I'm just kind of honing my short story skill um, and and playing with it, um, which I'm entitled to do. But what's really frustrating is for me to put out those little shorts – and to have somebody ask for a sequel or to ask for more and more and more, it's so self-involved and so fucking selfish. It's like when I do those, like when I do the short stories, um, like for the summer, and immediately there's always somebody who wants more because they, or when I fail to meet my word count and I go over my word count, and they're excited because I failed. It is so selfish. God, it is really, really super annoying. I I mean, I don't even know what that is. Um, Greed, selfishness, um, just, I don't know. I I find it really annoying, and I don't know what to do with it beyond just be really annoyed with the whole thing. And um, I was um, posting um, these rough trade things. Like I said, I was posting the project files. I was approving them anyway. And I came across one where um, it's going to be John Shepard and Tony Dinozo. And the idea sounds great. And I was like, oh, I want to read this, but I can't read this. And it's all Julie's fault that I can't read it. Because my headcanon now is that Tony is somehow related to John Shepard. Um, and she's ruined me. I'm ruined. I am ruined. And it's her fault. Ruined. Her fault. Anyways. Um. 
so that was my day. I made cookies. I also made peanut butter cookies. They're also on my Pinterest. Um, ever how you fucking say that? And um, I tormented my dog with evil chocolate. Uh, and um, I slept through my podcast. Uh, or well, my podcast starting time. I didn't have anything set up, and then I did set up, and I messed up. And um, for those of you who might have been in that other show that was actually not a show, um, sorry. I, that was not, I don't even know how I managed to do that because I, I don't know how I did it, to be perfectly frank, because I did something you weren't even supposed to be able to do because I made that show um, at like 11.30 my time, but the start time was 11, and I don't even know how I managed to do that because you're not supposed to be able to do that in the system. I'm super talented. super talented over here um <clears throat> i'm really excited about rough trade and the uh the, the stories that are um coming out because um everybody is just really um really bringing their a game and they're really being um really creative about uh how, how they're approaching the challenge so it's going to be really interesting um uh, I know we talked about it before. At t- today is we're officially in the last 24 hours of your ability to sign up for Rough Trade. So just FYI, um, we had some signups today, and uh, everything is looking really good. Um, I think we're I think we're over 70 right now. I haven't. Um, because I have some pending that I haven't filed yet. I don't really know the exact number. But um, yeah, everything looks really great. And people are paying attention. And um, we haven't had nearly the amount of problems that we normally have with the um, project files. So I have wondered if perhaps it's because I reformatted the way the email is that the members receive when they sign up. Um, and I'm like... Well, maybe it's just because I wasn't putting enough paragraphs in there and they were skipping information <laughs> about how to do tags and stuff. I don't know. Anyways, <clears throat> we have – refresh. Uh, yes, there was an email. Sixty-five sign-ups. 66 counting me, right? Or did you count me, Jilly? Because I didn't do a comment. Um, okay, 65 signups, and we have 39, 37 um, published uh, profiles so far. But yes, I, um, Sadra, I did actually send out an email, and you should have gotten a copy. There's always an email. Always. Anyways, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm ruined on that whole Tony's a Shepherd front. In fact, I'm so ruined that I've actually um, recast a part of Declan Frost in my um, Sentinels of Atlantis because Tony Dinozo um, is going to show up in Sentinels of Atlantis as a cousin. Um, of the Shepherd family. Um, so uh, um, I had to re 
cast because I'd originally cast Michael Weatherly in that role, but that doesn't really work. I can't have them both running around with the same face in my head, so that doesn't work. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, Tyler, I can't say his last name, the guy from um, Team Wolf, Tyler Hecklin. Um, thank you. Uh, and I did update the cast page for Sentinels of Atlanta, so he is there if you want to see him. Um <clears throat> And uh, one of the uh, goals for season two, Sentinels and Atlantis, is to um, is for uh, Declan um, to um, to meet his guide, and um, then of course I have Miko coming back to Earth, and a whole bunch of stuff happening with that. And it'll be really interesting, and um, I'm gonna. I'm really, really super fed up with the Harry Potter fandom. I I, I enjoy writing Harry Potter for myself, but I. I'm really, really not thrilled with the Harry Potter fandom itself. It's kind of how I feel about the Sentinel fandom. I enjoy writing in the Sentinel. I do not enjoy the fandom. The The people in the Harry Potter fandom are the most entitled and irritating little bitches um, I have ever encountered. And I don't mean bitches in a good way. No, I'm not going to change the casting in what might have been or in Ties That Bind. Because I have art for Ties That Bind that has Michael Weatherly in it. So it's not going to change it anywhere else. It's just I had to change it for Sentinels of Atlantis if I wanted to include Tony Dinozo in the narrative, and I do. Um, so it's just um, something I had to do there. It also wouldn't change um, Declan Frost's casting in um, uh, The Lantine Legacy because uh, he is um, – Declan's actually on Atlantis. He's just a background character um, in the in the second book, um, and he um, um, he came through with, with the second wave. Uh, so he is on Atlantis. He's just um, not been um, brought onto the scene, so to speak. Um, but I definitely wouldn't change it there either. So the only casting change for that character is in Sentinels of Atlantis. Um, anyways. Am I pronouncing it wrong? I mean, that's how I've always pronounced D-E-C-L-A-N, Declan. Um, Because I had a friend in college named Declan. Um, Not that I named my character maybe a little bit. Um, (laughs) I really, really loved his name the moment I met him. Um, So, uh, but... uh, even if he was kind of an asshole, but he uh, he had a great name. He had a great name, um, at least a great first name. His last name like a lot to be desired. It wasn't nearly as awesome as the name I picked for my character. Uh, I guess it might also depend on um, your accent and because um, um, or my accent. This <laughs> is more to the point. <laughs> uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, anyways, I did change the casting just for Sentinels of Atlantis. 
Um, and it's all Jilly's fault because now I feel like um, um, Tony is like related to um, the the Shepherd family in some way, and now I have to include him. And that was really the only place I could include um, Tony with any kind of um, real impact because of how the narrative is split between Atlantis and Earth. I've been writing um, essays for um, my uh, – I've been writing essays for my synthetic, and um, today um, I'm in the middle of writing an essay uh, from – my husband just opened the door, and it's really irritating – I have the worst, I have the worst PMS, just to let you know. I don't trust any, how to say it, pronunciation that's actually a computer voice and not a person. But that is how I say it. Anyways, The dog traumatizing cookies are not actually for me. They're for my husband. Um, I'm not particularly fond of um, chocolate chocolate cookies. I like chocolate chip cookies. Um, I like brownies, but I don't like that chocolate 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 because there's like three different kinds of chocolate. Well, I put three different kinds of chocolate in these cookies because I did a mixture of... um, Dark and bittersweet for the melted part, and then I did semi-sweet for the chips. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. There are three kinds of chocolate in those cookies. Um, they don't look particularly appealing. And if you go to the links that I sent, you can see pictures of the cookies, and they don't look appealing. They look less appealing with. <laughs> When you're spooning them out on the cookie sheet, uh, just to be perfectly honest, something like that, yeah, something like so just piles, it just dark piles of stuff. It's it, it's not particularly pleasant. Um, today on um, I Facebook, I admitted to being kind of. Uh, super irritated with Thomas Gibson about what happened with criminal minds and um, his behavior. And someone on Tumblr asked me uh, if I had read an article about his side of what happened. And no, I don't actually read People magazine. And, um, but more importantly, I have to ask myself, what network would fuck with a successful show and fire their lead without cause? That's impacting. That could potentially have this, um, see the show canceled. It could have lost them. It it could lose them revenue. And if their ratings take a hit, they're going to lose revenue that way with their um, advertisers. So for them to fire their lead... um, there's no telling what the consequences are going to be. It could be a stumble, and then they 
get over it, or it could be a stumble in the cancellation of a show they've invested a lot of um, money and time into. Uh, So I don't think he was fired unfairly. Anger management classes once before for terrible behavior of this nature that you have to um, recognize that if there is an asshole in this situation, it wasn't the people that got left behind to deal with the fallout of his immature bullshit. But that's just me. Um, but what's, what the problem is, is that I like the character of Hotchner, but I really don't like the the, the person. I, I'm, I'm not... Um, comfortable with men who lash out violently when they're angry. Now, I said that on Facebook, and I got an email, which is one of the reasons why I took a nap, because I got so fucking irritated that I could not breathe. <sighs> I got a anonymous um, comment form from my site And the issue um, that they brought up was that um, there was a story on my live journal where I, um, someone grabbed me in a, a store and I lashed out physically and I hit them for, for touching me. And they said that I had no room to judge Thomas Gibson for being physically violent when I had demonstrated such behavior in the past. Um, are you fucking serious? Are you actually comparing um, the self-defense of my person with two adults having a disagreement and one kicking the other one in the leg? Okay. If that's how you want to play it. Anyways, um, Sybil said in the chat room that TV shows can be stupid, that they fired the lead in Castle and the show was canceled. Um... They had to get rid of one of them in Castle. Um, Nathan and what's her name? Stanick. I forget her first name. Um, Fillion and Stanick were so hostile with each other that it was creating a very difficult place for everybody on the set to work. They literally hated each other, and they had been written into a romantic couple where they were married. One of them had to go. And since the show was called Can- um, Castle, Stan Caddick got fired. But they hated each other. This wasn't something they did arbitrarily or because they had different choices. They They literally had no other choice but to try to smooth out the show in the hostility. So I don't think that you can compare um, the situation um, with between Castle and Criminal Minds and not see how um, that the producers of the show in both cases had no choice. Because how how much hostility can people deal with on a regular basis um, before something has to give. And the other female um, actor on the show who was let go at the same time was apparently on Stana's side and um, 
there was a lot of drama involved in that situation too. Uh, so when you uh, w- w- when you look at Castle, it's actually a really good example of why the producers really should have gone out of their way to keep Thomas Gibson because there's a really current example of what happens when you get one of when when you fire one of your leads. Their show got canceled. So for them to fire Thomas Gibson, um, to mess with their own bottom line, and to risk the cancellation of their show, uh, and to risk the jobs of everybody else involved in the show, the writers, the producers, all the other actors and actresses, um, it says a lot about what we weren't told about Thomas Gibson. And the fact this is the second time that we have been t- that we are aware of that he has lashed out at another person during an argument on set. And it also needs to be said that a few hours after Thomas Gibson was fired, Shamar Moore got on Facebook and talked about karma. Now the, now, the video was only up for a few hours before he removed it. I guess he thought better of of his choices on that particular front. Um, I think that uh, we have to consider the fact that Thomas Gibson's temper and his uh, behavior on set is probably the reason we lost the character of Derek Morgan on Criminal Minds. I don't know that um, Nathan Fillion is necessarily a complete asshole. Sometimes two people... Now, I think that weren't Nathan and Stana in a relationship? Like, offset, they were a couple. They were a couple. Um, Sometimes so much hurt can take place between two people that everybody's an asshole in the situation. Um. And whatever happened between them was significant enough that they hated each other. It wasn't one-sided. Um, they 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 literally could not. It, one of them had to go, uh, and his name was on the ticket. <laughs> I mean, it's it's that simple. I don't know. I had I had so I'd seen on Facebook that that they were in some kind of personal relationship. I don't know what kind of personal relationship it was. Um, like I don't actually follow those gossip stuffs on you know I don't watch TMZ or read TMZ or um, any of that shit. So I don't really um, know the specifics of that. All I do know is that they hated each other's guts, and I know that because my husband told me he was a big Castle fan and was really upset about the cancellation of Castle. Um, he talked about how they could stand each other. And um, that the um, hostility and the arguments on set got so extreme that um, they would film as much separately as possible. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I don't know if you can blame it entirely on Nathan. Um, 
the show was his vehicle. It, it was created for him. It did have his character as top billing for the show. So if one of them was going to go, I don't know how it could have been anybody but her. Um, was it fair? No. Um, and the end result is of, of these two human beings um, not being able to get along is that the fans of that show lost their show. Um, and I hope that Criminal Minds doesn't go the same way. Because I've watched Criminal Minds since the very beginning, and it's one of my favorite shows, and I'd be really upset. Um, but my point today wasn't so much um, that I was trying to bash Thomas Gibson. I'm, I'm not saying he's a terrible person. I'm saying he needs help. And he needs to stop ignoring that he has a terrible temper. You don't lash out at somebody physically during a verbal argument unless you have a problem. And if you will hit somebody you work with, how safe is an intimate partner from you? Anger management classes weren't enough. His ass needs to see a psychologist. The problem is, is that because I'm so disappointed in Thomas Gibson's behavior that I'm having a hard time liking Hotchner. He, I mean, in in some respects, the actor's behavior has ruined the character for me. So I need some space from Thomas Gibson, and that's one of the reasons why I'm glad he was fired, because I don't have to look him in the face, um, and I can separate the character from the actor. And that's what I'm going to have to do if if I want to continue um, my um, choice to write um, Criminal Minds: um, Ties That Bind is that I have to I have to divorce Thomas Gibson from the character of Aaron Hotchner, or I will never be able to write him as a strong, competent um, dom. Because a dominant in Ties That Bind, they don't have those kinds of control issues if they're good. And Hoster is a disciple. He um he's part of Desaad's disciples, and Gerard wouldn't have a fuck up as a student. And you need to be able to control yourself. You be in charge, be in control, be somebody you can trust. And the fact of the matter is, is that Thomas Gibson isn't somebody that I would trust because he doesn't respond appropriately to situations. And that's it's um damaging my um view of the character, which is unfortunate. So, um I need some space from Th- from Thomas Gibson so that I can enjoy the character of Aaron Hotchner separately from his bullshit. And that's what I said on Facebook, and I got that question on um Tumblr, and then I got that email um and a lot of people saying they're not going to watch it if um, Thomas Gibson is not on the show. And I'm like, do you do you realize that that means that you are advocating, um, and that you are accepting his choice to be physically violent during a argument? That you're validating his behavior with your choice to not watch Criminal Minds. in protest because he was fired for being an asshole. I'm just, that's just my opinion. 
I miss Derek. I'm not going to miss um, Hotchner, I don't think. Um, and I'm really looking forward to um, Emily's return. Um, uh, so she was in the new episode. I watched the new episode. Um, she was in the new episode. She came back. And um, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they they work her into the spot. And um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So, but if I miss either one of the characters, it's, um, it's Derek. I, d- I do miss the character of, of Derek Morgan. I, I think it's changed the vibe of the show because his replacement is a lot more serious and a lot more um, um, reserved and not as uh, uh... Derek wasn't easygoing, but he was um, friendly, and this new guy really isn't. <laughs> So it's it's a it's a different it's a different thing, but um, I I do wonder if we would still have Shamar Moore on the show if um, if um, Thomas Gibson had had his meltdown uh, two seasons ago. <laughs> just saying, I'm just saying. But I don't dislike the new guy, um, and I like um, Aisha Taylor's character. And of course, I'm fully on board with um, Emily Prentice coming back. I love Prentice. Um, I love the girl power involved in the decision. If um, if they're going the way I think and hope they're going, that they're going to put her in charge of the BAU. I love that. It is awesome to see a female character um, put in a um, a leadership role. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that happen. And that's just me. Uh, so I'm totally on board with that change. Um, what do you guys want to talk about? I've discussed chocolate and the phobia. I gave my little dog. And my little dog is looking at me like I need to go out. Do you need to go out? I should have put you out before I started my podcast. <laughs> Maybe he just wants water. We'll see if he comes back. Um. So yeah, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm not really upset about Criminal Minds too much. Um. In that the uh, character of Thomas Gibson is gone. I mean, Thomas Thomas Gibson's character is gone because, um, he's an asshole. And <laughs> but you know what? I was actually relieved when Gideon's character was take was what's his name bailed on the show and and, and Gideon was written out because I didn't like Gideon. He needs to go out. Would you take him out? Hey, go on. <clears throat> Mandy Patinkin. And Gideon was an asshole. He was a total asshole. And um, yeah, so Tinkins' assholeness just kind of infiltrated the character. 
Yeah, yeah, Rodney McKay, he is an asshole, but he's a um but there's enough humanity in, in Rodney that you can empathize a lot with his situation and you can you can you can enjoy um um his moments of 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 assholery um and uh and not feel guilty about it. But Gideon's assholery was very manipulative and ugly. It had a really deep, ugly undertone. Um but um there have been character changes on Criminal Minds that were just completely out of the blue. Of course, you know, on the Gideon thing. And the way they wrote um, L. Green off the show was like, what? <laughs> You're like, that 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 happened? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Greenway. Was it Greenaway? L. Greenaway. Um Uh, but so yeah, I I really didn't um, enjoy the character of Gideon. I I felt like he was um, emotionally manipulative, and um, it's just um, um, I do. I really enjoy Prentice. So I'm looking forward to her being in charge of the BAU. Um, and I think that's where they're going. I, I I think that is the choice that they're making because when they introduced her to the new guy, they made sure to tell him that she was the unit chief for a division at Interpol for the FBI. So they're already setting her up as being um, kind of a boss in another situation. So that when they bring her in to be the boss of the BAU, it, it's not going to be... Um, What I liked about Prentice um, is that she she was a little stiff, but I think that was on purpose. I, and I, I really enjoyed that about her, was that she wanted to fit in, and she wanted to um, be a part of the BAU, but she had also been raised in a situation where she had to put up a front and and, and have a certain appearance and a certain behavior. Um, being raised as a diplomat's daughter had to be extremely um, stressful. And, and I like the fact that, 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 that when they brought her in, that they acknowledged that part of her personality, and then she relaxed. The more she relaxed... Um, It just, it just, it, it, it was, it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. So, um, anyways, I liked that when Rossi first came onto the team, he was like really abrasive and fucking with their process, because, um, because he was old school, and I really enjoyed that. I was like, ha. Now they have to deal with this old guy because he started. The, I, mean, I mean, he was one of the founding members of the BAU. So they have, you know, they're like, they're, um, there's that line between, oh, we really respect you, and oh, you're 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 fucking up. Would you please stop? <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I read all your books. You're being an asshole. <laughs> it was awesome. I love 
loved it. I loved it. And they couldn't have picked a better actor to do it, right? <laughs> it was great. It was great. Yeah, he's pushy, but he means well. <laughs> but, yeah, so... um that happened today, and I'm like, you know what? I don't even know. I, I don't even know um, what that is. So, um, but um, I just I I I hope that the uh, Thomas Gibson issue um, uh, settles down and the show evens out. And I have a great deal of faith in the characters we've got left behind and the very talented actors who play them. And so I'm I'm really hoping that um, everything will work out. And it'll be really good. And I'm looking for, like I said, I'm really, I mean, Emily is probably one of my favorite female characters from Criminal Minds. So I was really excited when they brought her back. Um, to get her back full time is even more awesome. Even though I'm sorry, Paige, that your other show was canceled. I'm really glad you were available <laughs> to ride in and save the day when Thomas Gibson turned into a super asshole. Thank you. <laughs> Don't wear your cape out of the office. <laughs> Although I watched the new episode tonight. Um, well, it was it, it was new for me, but I, it was from Wednesday because um, I just hadn't watched it. And um, Emily is dissecting the new guy based on his desk, which is empty. <laughs> He walks up behind her. It's great. And she's like, and she's just like, I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, there's something personal here. He doesn't have any connections. And she's just full blown, just, just. And he's right behind her the whole time. It was hilarious. <laughs> ah, good stuff. Good stuff. <clears throat> um. But uh, and the, the difference was is that with Rossi, it was like they didn't know what to do with him. But she just she just tore this poor dude apart, and it made him like an unsub. <laughs> she was treating him like an unsub. I do. A lot of the people who listen to my podcast say that their animals respond um, differently to um, my voice. Um, there's one lady who um, says she can't listen to my podcast on her speakers. She has to use her headphones because every time she tries to listen to my podcast um, on her speakers, her dog flips. He flips his shit, and not in a good way. He he really does not like me. I don't know what I ever did to this dog. Sorry, dog. Sorry, dude. I don't know what I did. So, and Azure's cat wants to save me from the terrible, terrible speaker. Um, so. I don't know. But, but right, it, at least they're not attacking the speaker. So count yourself lucky, Zan. They're, they're not attacking the speaker trying to kill me. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, 
I have my sister has two dogs. One um, loves me, and the other one does not. <laughs> so I can have one like just begging to be petted, and the other one looking at me like I'm the devil. And there's like, what? I didn't. I don't even know what I did to this dog. I mean, I have no idea what I did to her, but she does not like me at all. Um. <clears throat> Meanwhile, the other one would be content to lick my toes if I would let him. I hate that. I hate dogs that do that. I mean, I can't be mean to him because he um, because he loves me, but why you gotta be licking my toes? I don't... It's terrible. It is absolutely terrible. I have no idea what to talk about now. And, um, I, I'm really super irritated with Harry Potter fans. Uh, I'm like, you bitches need to stop. And I really, and honestly, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I didn't have these problems when I just wrote Harry and Draco. But the moment I started writing, I started putting out my Harry and Hermione, these bitches came out of the woodwork, and I don't like them. I don't like their behavior. I don't like their demands um, or their, their bullshit. And one actually um, made the assumption in a comment that they could take my short and expand it without permission. Of course, they were going to, you know, um, credit me, of course. I'm like, no. I'm going to start putting butt sex in all my Harry Hermione stories. I'm... Complain more. Um... I don't care if you work on things that um, are inspired by my work, but to actually take my work, especially a short, and continue it, what the actual fuck? And one of them implied my shorts were prompts. They're not. They are responses to prompts. I I don't even know what the fuck that is. I don't even, I mean, I don't know. Um, So, you know, I was thinking about um, my short responses and, and how I'm going to approach them in the future, and I realized that I just I'm not going to do any Harry Potter responses to the prompts um, because they're fucking assholes. And I, I, and I don't I have to play with that shit because it's really annoying. Then, you know, I, earlier in the week I had some asshole comment, um, long time no write. 
Hey, Kara, a long time no write. Fuck you. I have written over 300K this year. Fuck you. Uh-uh. That's right. Ugh, people. People suck. Well, I think that I might just post my Harry Hermione. I mean, if I do Harry Potter on the prompts, that it will just be on the Rough Trade Forum, and they won't show up on my site. I mean, I'm tempted to remove the ones I put up. It was so irritating. It was absolutely so irritating. Now, Julie and I had a conversation about these shorts. And um, I asked her why she was formatting hers the way she was, and she responded. And um, this is while I was putting mine together and while I was putting my page together. And I'll be damned if the reason that she listed as why she wasn't doing hers that way on, on her site didn't almost immediately appear in my comments. Isn't that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, when, I, when I um when you when you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, I was like, oh dear, <laughs> that's exactly what I was afraid of. And I kind of had had this. If this goes well for Kira, maybe I'll redo the way I've done it. But now, in maybe truth, not. I've got <laughs> over a hundred comments, and most of them were fantastic. It was just, I mean, it was just literally the Harry Hermione fans. And you don't write Harry and Hermione. No, but I get a lot of the same um, stuff from the NCIS fandom. So, um, I did get one comment from an NCIS reader, and it, or someone who enjoys NCIS. And um, let me see if I can find it. And I actually laughed because I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> Although the story I have gotten, I've only ha- I only have one one finished um, HP work on my site, and that is the one I get the most um, bugs about to continue. Uh, so it definitely is something about that fandom. Okay, it says, I'm loving you venturing into NCIS and Hawaii Five-0. I can't wait for a more in-depth NCIS fic. Oh, why don't you get right on that? <laughs> I'll just drop everything for you. Now, I'm sure they didn't mean it that way, but I'd already yeah. gotten. Um, but, no, literally, uh, the, the only problems I had with my shorts were the Harry Hermione fix. And it was, oh, I'm going to continue this on my own. Um, will there be a sequel? I want more, more, more. I just, it's just so weird. I just, because when you ask me about why, because mine are up on my site, but they're all on a page, so there's like no notifications that went out. And I just, you know, I said that I just have been dealing with a lot of like bullshit lately from readers, and that I just didn't feel like I wanted to get a bunch of um, prompts for more. When will you continue this? Um, is this um, part of a bigger work, even though I clearly explain what they are? And I just said, you know, my threshold for this, I recognize that you know, sometimes I deal with it fine, but sometimes I'm, I'm like at my limit. 
and right now I'm kind of at my limit. <laughs> so I decided to put them on my site in a way that was fairly unobtrusive, and um, they're kind of all together, and I don't know, I just felt like it would reduce the amount of, um, A, it would reduce people even noticing them, and therefore automatically cut out a lot of the commentary on them. Uh, so... But there's a little bit like why did I, you know there's also yeah, I could have just not put them there and just left them on the workshop, but there's just kind of this kind of that's a little bit of my OCD thing is that I want everything that I've you know that I've declared to be done to be on my own site. So well, here's my thing. It's my shit and that's my site, so I feel like I should put it up. But I'm considering turning off comments on my two Harry Potter ones, and if I post any more Harry Potter shorts, they won't be allowed to comment. Not that that stops anybody who wants to, No. you know, it'll stop the positive commenters, but it will not stop the people who want to ask mm. you if they can use your story as a launching off point. For no, I shared sex. a link. I shared a link in the chat room just now, and it was just linked to my big short page on um, my site. And it says at the top, the Big Short is a short-form writing challenge hosted on Rough Trades Forum, the workshop. The prompts come in two forms, a word challenge and a single character challenge. I post these challenge on the forum first, and eventually they'll make it to my website. Each is a standalone piece with no potential for expansion. And what's really annoying about this is that anybody who pays attention who literally pays attention to me, knows that I'm a plotter and a planner. These shorts are not plotted. They're not planned. There's no, there's no, there's no goal. There's, no, there's nothing there. There is literally nothing there. And it's like they're used to those people who just hammer out a whole bunch of words that are mostly connected to each other and you know I don't not not all pantsers do this, I'm not trying to say they do, but there is that kind of pantser in the Harry Potter fandom and you know what I'm talking about. They'll have six hundred K fic with no end in sight. Yeah, or where someone can comment on their you know, on a recent chapter and say, Oh, it would be great if this happened and then it happens in the next chapter. It's sort of like and it gets to the point that nothing makes sense anymore. You're like, really? That's, but I'm not that person. And for them no. to come into those little short stories and demand that kind of um, um, work from me is really insulting. Yeah. And, the, you know, these short, there's a couple, I think there's been a couple that inspired me to maybe want to um, write something longer, plot out something longer that was inspired by a similar concept, but not to expand upon. I, I have no intention of expanding on anything that's there. Um, and I have no intention of, um, of including any of the shorts into a longer work. Um, but some of them, a couple of them, I was like, oh, well, that turned out pretty interesting. I, I'd be interested in maybe taking those themes and writing a longer story that I plotted out. But... Um, you know, what's there is there, and it's done, and it's over, and there will be no more. And it doesn't seem to matter which way you phrase it. You know, I feel like I need, like, a like an image that periodically flashes up on the screen, like, every 15 seconds. There will be no more. <laughs> it would really annoy the fuck out of people. But, you know, it might make me feel better. 
Yeah, Azure's right. Thousand word stories with two thousand word author notes. It's just tragic. Here's the here's the one that says if I ever have the guts to attempt my own fanfic, do you mind if I use what's another possibility? I assume you want an OA credit for the prompt, which is pretty standard. Original author? Is that what that is? I guess. But here's my question. In what single way was my flashfic a fucking prompt? Mm. So I responded, I don't allow continuations of my work. It's a popular trope. Figure your own way back in time. You don't, what? And then, there's one down here. I have to find it. I have to find it because it was just like stunning. I'm thinking to myself, have you even fucking read? In the, okay. It's all my time travel fix, the one where Harry kills Jenny to go back in time. The spell. Excellent. It leaves a lot to our imagination. Hope someone does take the idea and run with it. Are you in the Harry Potter fandom at all? Because I, literally half the fucking fandom has taken the time travel trope and run with it. There are hundreds of time travel fix and fix it fix and revenge fix all based on that same idea. And yes, please do hope on my own site that someone steals my work and continues it. That's just fucking gracious. Gee, thank you. I need to get out of my own comment section before. Because <laughs> I don't do that. I, lo- <laughs> I looked at some of your comments, and there's one of your comments, by the way, that, that, that I got some similar comments about very in a similar vein and i'm going to give i know a lot of people don't need it but for the ones who do let's have a vocabulary lesson a snippet is a brief extract of a larger work i realize that these are shorts but they are not snippets so stop it i this is the year of the snippet and i'm so tired of that fucking word they're also not chapters by the way (laughs) Yes, nor are they chapters. They're not chapters. They're not snippets. They're not previews. Quit it. You know, this is it. That's all. And, you know, whether it's 1,000 words or 120,000 words, if I put it on my site, it is finished, which means you will never get a – the only snippet I have ever put out is on the workshop beginning scene of – um that plot drift story I did, and it's about a thousand words, I think, maybe eight hundred. That's a snippet. There you go. Anybody who wants to go to that thread and say thank you for this snippet, and I will not say a fucking word, but I don't want to hear it about anything that's finished anymore. I'm gonna start like okay, issuing penalties. Okay, asked me in the chat room, is it possible they're misunderstanding the header on your page? The header literally says the big short forum is challenge. Okay, I post these challenges on the forum, and they'll eventually. Maybe I do need to reword it. But that's what I get for assuming my readers are smart. Yeah, an extra clause would probably clarify it, but still, you giving what kind of what kind of prompt is that? You giving us a short and then we do what with it? 
I wouldn't take but up that challenge. But it reminds me of those um, prompts weird. that you see on the Kirk Spock archive, which is more like wishful, fill my shit, here's all the requirements. Requirements. <laughs> You're brilliant, Zan. Requirements. Uh, Eight pages of requirements. Yes, eight pages of requirements. And, you know, I don't, you know, I I can't imagine doing, working from a prompt that was a finished, basically a ficlet. That's just weird. Build a fic workshop. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, as you're going to the corner. Different. Corner in the corner. No, the the we don't have the budget for the number of special snowflake awards we would need. Well, here I fixed it. We'll see. What'd you say? I'm gonna have to go look. What did Kira say? Why do I? I've got like six pages on your website open. It's like you think <laughs> I was a fan. You think I was a fan or something? If you're a fan. <laughs> These short works are not prompts. These are my response to the forum prompts. No, you cannot use them as prompts, and you cannot continue my short work with a longer work or write a sequel, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yes. And I'm probably going to go into every one, my Harry Potter ones and put that on there. And I shouldn't People... have to explain myself like this, you fucking morons. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just... You may not re- you may not continue my works. You may not bug me about doing more. This is all there is. And shut up. <laughs> shut, and up. shut up. <laughs> I almost put up on my Clary. <laughs> <laughs> I almost put up on my front page. You whiny bitches are killing my will to write. Shut up. I will <laughs> never hear the phrase shut up without thinking about Still Magnolias and um, Weeza in that locker room. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up, Clary. They don't care about that. 
They want to hear about statistics and injuries. I haven't I haven't even absorbed the titles of most of these stories. I didn't I didn't even absorb the titles of my own because a I hate I hate titles. I hate titles with a passion. <laughs> so it's like a special kind of agony to have to name something that's a thousand words. So I haven't even absorbed my own titles for the most part. It's sort of like, you know, they get whatever they get, and I don't even know what they're called. So when I saw your stuff getting posted, I was like, have I read that? Have I read that? Have I read that? Have I read that? And I went and reread them all. I was like, hey, I read them all. How come I need to absorb any of these titles? And I was like, well, I don't know my own either. <laughs> so deal with it. When I was putting mine up on my side, I was like, really, that's what I call that story? Huh, maybe that needs some rethinking. You know, sometimes the title is really well, these shorts. They were really easy to title, and my favorite short out of all of them is um, my uh, Tony on the Beach with um, Steve, which I, I, I think I'll call Give In. Yeah, I think I call Give In, um, and that's probably my favorite one um, 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 out of all the ones I wrote. Although I am terribly fond of Never Enough, which is the Jack Spencer thing, um, because damn. (laughs) Yeah, that was really like that. Yeah, that was a lot of damn. And I was telling Jilly um, in the bitch chat that uh, if anybody was going to give me a daddy complex, it would be it would be George Eads. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you mean Daddy King? No, come on now, George. (laughs) I uh. I started on a um, a Jack Spencer one just for you, just for you. And it's like, it's like, it's like that word is just like, it's like palpable in the air. And I just keep right, Daddy. You just it it could come out of his mouth at any moment. (laughs) At any moment. I don't even know what that is. I don't really have that kink, and um, I don't even um, I I don't even. I don't even know. Uh, I mean, the thing is, is that when it comes to Georgie's, when he was on um, CSI, that is the last thing that would have ever crossed my mind. If anything, that character needed a daddy. He wasn't going to be one. Yes. <laughs> but Jack Dalton is night and day different from Nick. Um, and the difference is is stunning. And Nick was very sweet, and Jack isn't. Jack is, is I don't even know I mean, what happened, George. He's <laughs> like dirty in all the right ways. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Because Nick, I never had that vibe from Nick, but George, oh my goodness, Jack. Why don't we, I don't even know what you did. Yeah, the Nick. The, the that particular ship, the big the, one of the big ships in CSI, the Nick Gill one, it just never worked for me. It never worked for me. Um, I kind of avoid it like the plague. And there was, I did see a lot of daddy, um, a lot of daddy kink in that. Uh, but you know, it, it didn't matter what what it was. I just kind of went right by that particular ship. It just never quite, uh, I never quite, uh, I never quite boarded that one. No. I don't, um, the one thing I say about Gil is that I don't get a daddy vibe from him. I do get a fatherly vibe from him, and that isn't the same thing at all. 
Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I really didn't like the character of Gil. I think my favorite character on the show would have been Nick, but I would have definitely not paired him with Gil. I don't know who I would have paired him with. Nick? Um... I like Nick Gregg a lot, um, but I also like Nick Warwick. So I was, I was kind of flexible about that. I like that. Warwick. Um, too bad the actor that was a, the Yeah, yeah, but Warwick was just all kinds of pretty. That was just oh, my heart. Let's just skip the beach. Thinking about that. Yes, the eyes. Oh, that's just. Why am I blanking <laughs> on the actor's name? Gary Dordan. But yeah, it was like really funny that Jilly had said that about um, why she wasn't posting her shorts as actual posts, so they weren't going out to her readers for notification. And um, and uh, my response to her was that I said I you know I pretty much arrogantly assume everybody wants to read what I write. <laughs> I want to make sure they get all the notifications they need. But and it, and really there weren't that many responses to more, 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 I need this, or I want to continue this. or It was just the ones that did were really fucking irritating. Yeah. Really irritating. I'm not sure which of my prompts that I did was my favorite. I'm just, I'm just sitting here looking at my site trying to figure out what that... Which one I like the best, and I just don't know. The one I had the most fun with, well, no, the one I had the most fun with was the character um, one for Jack Dalton. Um, but my favorite scene in terms of fun, just enjoying the writing, was the magic one I did where Harry turns Tony pink. But you know what, I back to that thing about readers and their responses to word counts, especially um, when it comes to like uh, um, our July challenges, which are short story, con- you know, which are short story uh, prompts um, that we do for the Sentinel, you know, 15K and um, uh, and people getting excited when you go over your word count. And I told um, the guys once before that it was like that moment in the Fifth Element when that when um, when Dallas is getting Chinese food and he gets the letter and the Chinese guy who's doing his food says, "Well, maybe it'll be good news." And so Dallas lets him read it and the guy opens it up like he's super excited, like like he's going to give him the best news, and then he reads it like it's the best news, and he's like, "You're fired." <laughs> That's how I feel when I I lose my word count um, goal and somebody says that they're excited about it. It's like, you failed! <laughs> <laughs> like, woohoo! 
Thanks, bitch. <laughs> That's really not what I intended. Really annoying. You failed. And I know they don't mean it to be, you know, um, mean-spirited. They're just excited to get more story, and that that's never a bad thing from their point of view. But as a writer, when you're trying to develop a skill, um, it can be really demoralizing for someone to be um, entertained by your failure. It is demoralizing. And not care. And not care that you didn't meet your goal. And um, because they're so selfishly focused on what they want that they don't. Mm. I did get it this year. All three times I met my goal. And it was really um, it was really cool. And I really, um, um, I met my goals. Jilly didn't. <laughs> yeah, I did it on one. I did it on, well, one of them went like, I think, 200 words over, which 200 <laughs> words is something that I can in an edit take out. But when I'm posting live, there's just no way to make that happen. Um, so I could get that one down under goal. But usually things bloat in an edit, not get smaller. I know, um, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's rare that editing results in a smaller product, at least with fan fiction, than it does get than a than than a usually get a bigger product. Um, but yeah, with Primus, I just went way over. <laughs> it's just like, oh whatever. I got to the point that you just kind of like throw up your hands and go, eh. Although actually, I mean, I didn't throw up my hands entirely because if I'd thrown up my hands entirely and just given in to the failure, I wouldn't have replotted where the story was going to end. Because if I'd stuck with my original plot document, I'd have gone a lot further over than I did. And I said, you know, I, I want to try to honor the spirit of the challenge. And I realize now this is running a lot longer than I expected it to. So I'm going to replot where the story is going to end. And I did that after the first post. Because the first post, it just took me longer than I expected. More, you know, just more. I needed more words to say what I, you know, to explain the verse, to do the world building that I expected. And uh, it was just a miscalculation. And because I wanted to try to stay as close to I could as what the challenge was, I replotted and just figured I'd add in um, those plot points in a different episode. Um, and it wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be, instead of, instead of, um, yeah, anyway. So I just figured I'd handle things differently. So, But I still went over quite a bit on that one. even. But, I mean, I had to get to that point. So it just was like... But yeah, sometimes you just kind of go, "Oh, Jesus, it's just over. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go long, and that's just the way it's gonna be." But I do like hitting word count. I like getting the challenge done. You know, I like doing it on time, and I like finishing in the challenge month. Although not quite so early. I I, I have to say <laughs> that being finished by the tenth of the month is not. It was really ideal weird for me. I, I kind of felt like I was at a loss. I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't either. I was like, and somebody said, "Well, you, if you can read everybody else's stories," I'm like, "That's just that." I read, I read anyway. It's not like I stop reading because I'm writing. It's just not the same thing. So what I In did fact, is I so went. Disappointed. I haven't even like fin- like I just recently asked somebody to beta those works. <laughs> it's fucking October. They've been done since July 11th or 12th. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, it was just, it was just, it was weird that, 
how that went, um, that I was done so. So what I did, my response to being done so early was going off and plotting um, at least four or five other Sentinel stories, and I started them all. So they, you know, they've all got a few thousand words, um, you know, in there. And like all of mine, I'm trying to think. Fracture's the only one, which is my um, leverage one. Fracture's the only one that I can do anything with right now, because the Lucifer one has to. Um, I, I, that's when I made the miscalculation on that was sort of so demoralizing for me. Um, the story's fine as it is, but I have to completely replot the future direction until I've got that set in my head. I can't mm-hmm. publish that first story. And then Primus, I decided that I wasn't going to put any of that out until I had the first three episodes of that arc done. So The writing done. But, you know, so kind of it's all just sitting around percolating. That was just really annoying. Um, it was being done so early. It was like, what the hell? And I didn't want to write on anything else either. I was like, because I had planned, and I had the whole month of July for these stories, and that's all I had planned. Yeah, and I, the thing is, I could have <laughs> kept working on them. I could have kept working on the Primus verse, and I, and I did a little bit, actually. I went on to the next story. Um, and I could have kept working on um, Beautiful Decline, but I didn't. Uh, I don't. I actually don't know why, especially Beautiful Decline, because that was the third one I wrote. I don't know why I didn't just, since I was still, just keep working on that one, even though I wasn't posting it. But I just kind of, I don't know, I had a complete creative meltdown in July. It was very odd. Like, this is what it looks like when the creative process needs to have his registry cleaned or something like that. <laughs> Get me a registry. You need scrubber. to do a disc restore. Something happened. I don't even know. So I went through all my little shorts, and I put that big author note that I have at the top of the page for the organization on every one of those stories at the bottom. Complete with, for fuck's sake. <laughs> If I, I if I ever get a, if I ever put these on individual posts, I I might, may just steal your for fuck's sake. <laughs> you can you can for fuck's sake. The bottom you can, of every you can, post. You can, for, for fuck's sake. Bottom. Now that I remember all because I'm looking at all these shorts and going what was that? I've been clicking on them individually going what was the what was the subject matter of that one? Um, my favorite bizarrely and it's kind of I'm not sure if this is great or kind of weird. My favorite of all the ones I've written was the very first one. Which was when Tony which was, was shot in the cave. The one he's when he's shot in the cave and it's written in first person. Oh, oh. That one was kinda of hard to read. I was like, Oh God, Tony <laughs> What am I gonna do? I was like, because you know, the thing is, I was like, when I first sat down with that one, when you get that first prompt, I was like, cave. And then the idea kind of came, and I started writing it in third person, and I thought, you know, no one's ever getting a full-length first-person story out of me, so I might as well do it for some of these shorts. And um, that was the first one I wrote, and now that I'm sitting here looking at these going, I'm like, oh, how did I forget that one? And I think that one was my favorite. Well, what I would say is that these short prompts are an excellent time to to – explore stuff like first person um um if you're interested in doing second person or if you're interested in doing present tense um these are excellent ways to do that in a confined space so you won't feel overwhelmed by it if 
it doesn't work for you. And you can complete it, and you won't feel like you failed at it. Which is super important when you're exploring new skills. It's also a good time to kind of um, dig deep on a character. Um, because with, with, with especially in the character prompts, when you have 2,000 words, that's a lot of space to, um, to play with a, with a single character. And you can pack a lot into 2,000 words. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I thought about trying on one of the prompts. I thought about trying second person, but not second person talking to the audience, but more like second person, one character talking to another. Um, so like Steve talking to Tony or um, the other way around in second person style. Um, I have no interest in talking to the audience at all. But I, since I've never really, really, I mean, I've, I've done some experiments with second person, but never like written anything complete with it. I thought maybe I would try. So, like my first idea, like popped into my head when you said that, would be what if like what if like Steve called Tony, like um, in the middle of the night, and well, it would be in the middle of the night for Tony, and uh, just um, sexed him up totally in second person. <laughs> Over the phone. <laughs> Ooh, phone sex. <laughs> I was thinking actually like um, sort of a talking thing, but more, it would be more narrative, um, like talking to a character. And second person is a weird thing because it's kind of like, a, even if you don't have any actual dialogue, literal dialogue, you're still talking to somebody pretty much for the whole thing. Um it's just an odd narrative. And um, I was thinking about doing a coma thing, um, talking to somebody in a coma. That would be a good way to explore it. I I hate second person, so it isn't something that I probably I really would um, dig into. Um, I find present tense really annoying. <laughs> These are all things that I've tried in the past, but I mean, if, if if I were a new writer, these um these prompts would be a really um good place to try those kinds of things because it would be um, a safe way to do it. Um, what's that? What's that fixed style? Uh, I'm drawing a total blank. When you write letters to each other, when you're ep- epistle, uh, e word. It's an e word. E- Yes. How do you say that? Chat room. Um, epistolary? I think it's epistolary. Epistolary? Epistolary. It's either epistolary or epistolary. I think it's epistolary. Um, for those of you who um, uh, want to try that format with, with 2,000 words in a character prompt, that would be really easy to do um, to write um, emails or letters back and forth to one another in a very confined space between two characters. <laughs> it's epistolary, Arlena, love, uh, which Arlena corrected it just on that one syllable. <laughs> I love how pointed you are, Arlena. That was awesome. Piss. You're absolutely right. Hey, it wasn't censored. Um, I think that a round robin in a forum environment can get very, very confusing. And the only way it would really work is in a controlled situation where you could trust all of the other participants 
to go in the order they're assigned. Yeah. Otherwise, you would have five different people responding to the same section. Yeah. And because there's nothing, we don't currently have threading on the forum, um, people couldn't leave comments in the round robin part of the story. So it would get really, um, I don't know, I just, I'm not sure that the workshop is a good place to do a round robin. No, we'd probably have to do that on Live Journal if we wanted to do something like that. But even then, um, you could um, you run the risk of four or five different people responding to the same section. Yeah, you have to assign an order. So, like your your round robin would have to have an order. So, like you know, that's the only ones I've ever done. It's like you know, Kira goes, and then Lady Holder goes, and then Azure goes, and then Jilly goes, and you don't know what you're going to be writing until the person ahead of you posts their next part. I do not want to go after Azure. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I love you, but I can't handle the crack. I wouldn't know what to do with it. If there was one bulbous penis, I'd be lost. I'd be like, what? I don't even. I see. I would just, I would just, you know, have my character wake up from a nightmare at the beginning of my section and write off <laughs> the whole. That's one reason why I couldn't actually participate in a round robin is because I I literally cannot handle other people making decisions about what I write. So I would be like, okay, I'll go first, and then I can't read what you guys do. <laughs> I did it. I did it one. I did it one time. One time, and I I I stuck it out because other people were counting on me. Stop it! No, I now I can't look at the chat. <laughs> Anyway, people were counting on me to do my my piece, otherwise they wouldn't get to write again. So I stuck it out to the end, but I did not like. I and I suggested I suggested that we have a loose plot that we were working towards, so that everybody was at least on the same page, as opposed to people. Some people were trying to stay within whatever structure was going on, trying to pick up the threads of the prior person had done. As people were just deliberately going way off the rails whenever they write, and then the next person would spend their entire, you know, 2,000 words reining them back in. And um, it was very frustrating for me. So I had suggested that if we did this again or I participated again, that we have an actual plot that we were, you know, had an end game in mind. And they said that was too restrictive, and I was like, okay, this isn't for me. So I never did that again. I was like, no. I'm leaving it just. I'm just, you know, there you go. I put a couple of random comments in because that stalwart stalk had to go away. <laughs> She's so delicate. <laughs> I am. I'm. I'm a fragile little blossom, and this we're just gonna have to deal. 
Yeah. Lady Holder's dad and Azure get going. We talked about this the other night, but they get going. And they did this just a couple rounds recently. And Azure's was so awful. It was so awful <laughs> that she, like, won for all time and eternity There's because there's just no way that anything will ever be that bad again. <laughs> I told them that Azure's bromance with Lady Holder's dad is getting out of hand. <laughs> It is. It's just like, what the hell is going on here? And I'm I'm going to find it so that you guys can appreciate, you know. The horror that we had to be exposed to. We would never limit your awesome. Where is it? <sighs> <laughs> you found it. I did, and I can't if I can deal. Okay. Chester's char- chartreuse cut cock caressed Carly's copper caverns, charmingly churning cream. <sighs> so that flashes on my phone is an IM notification. And I look over, I, don't know, I was doing something else at the time, and I look over and I like, did a double take, and I was like, what the fuck is going on in chat? <laughs> they get now together. See, what the happened get... was is that Lady Holder started repeating things that she saw in the chat to her dad, and her dad caught on to Azure's little game and started to play along. So now Lady Holder has to type in her dad's responses into our chat. So she's an enabler. Either that or she's just a terrible victim of the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And her, uh, Lady Holder's dad did try to top that, but I just, you know, in my opinion, he he didn't succeed. He was good, but he didn't succeed. He didn't succeed in, in topping that. That wee bit of horror. I'm not sure you can. I, I think she did win. And although he did, he did make good use. Although a, a nice use of the word conquistador. Carlita's crimson <laughs> cleft consumed Clyde's curvaceous cave conquistador. So. And this kind of purple prose, the fact that it's alliterative is actually the part that I find kind of charming about it. But the purple prose itself, <laughs> so awful. I just go, oh, my God. It's making me queasy. Maybe we should just set her dad up on rough trade and... um. Give them a, a little section of the form where they can go do that. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't. I don't know that we should have to keep this horror to ourselves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why you got fine? Hey, Hold doesn't want her dad on our form. <laughs> In her defense, I wouldn't want my dad on our forum either. 
I mean, you know, my mom knows I write porn, and my dad knows, in theory, that I write porn, but he doesn't read my porn, and I don't want him exposed to my porn. Um, no. No. Some things just don't <laughs> need to be. But you can still be the pass-through, L.H. You can just, you know... You can. He doesn't have to be on the forum. You just, you know, you can be the pastor, and <laughs> and then I won't get horrifying notifications on my phone. <laughs> That's what she thinks. <laughs> just so you guys know. <laughs> There was an enormous edifice later in the conversation. So, oh, quit getting, like, all logical and shit. I can't deal. That is amazing, Azure. That is amazing. Paul's plum passion pole passionately plundered Patty's pleasure pit. <laughs> the thing is, they make them all make sense. They make them all make sense, which is what makes it worse. It's not just some random words. And it's just horrible, horrible. It's like, oh, her seeping southern slit. And it's like, oh, can I just not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. My sister heard that. She wasn't pleased with it. You know, I threw you out. <laughs> I usually went through the barrier. <laughs> the membrane that puts the filter between what you say and me not paying attention because you're on your radio show, and that just zooms through like a fucking bullet. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds just like you. Oh. <laughs> like a fucking bullet. <laughs> she wasn't pleased by that. She managed to ignore all that other stuff, but <laughs> that last bit just uh, made her very unhappy. That's <laughs> what you get for being nosy. <laughs> <laughs> she really does usually do a really good job of ignoring <laughs> Like a bullet. <laughs> I, I, I didn't write it. That actually came from a piece of published fiction. <laughs> She's in there going, you can't tell me that's not okay. That's okay. I'm like, well, I didn't write it. Yeah, if your slit is seeping, you definitely, you definitely need to see a doctor. I'm totally <laughs> on board with that. Um, go see a doctor. Because shit got real, and it's not a good kind of real either. I'm kind of hungry. Are you? Well, it's about yeah. it's about the cereal hour for you, or 
pot roast. It's about to hear follow from me or pot roast. <laughs> but I had some chicken and rice. I did a wild chicken. I mean, I did a wild chicken. I did a um a chicken in a white wine sauce and wild rice. That sounds really good. But I did the wild rice kind of like a risotto, but not quite like a risotto. What I did was is um I. I pan fried the, um, I marinated the chicken in um, a little bit of white wine and dry seasoning. Um, it's like a little dry marinade. I kind of mixed it with olive oil and, you know, just rubbed it all. And then I let it sit for a while. Then I um, I flash fried it, seared it. Then I put it in the oven with um, some wild rice and some chicken broth and cooked the rice in the oven Ooh. with the chicken in it. Uh, and it's a takeoff of a recipe I got from Everyday Food from YouTube, um, where she does an Asian chicken and rice. Um, I mean, I did Italian. I did, um, I replaced all her, uh, her Asian spices with, um, um, Italian ones. Um, I did the white wine and the, um, <clears throat> and the wild rice. And I really didn't think the wild rice would go well with the Asian, but it works out. It's really, it's a really good method. Um, but if you use a, an arboreal rice, you, you get, you have to leave it in the oven a little bit longer than you would with a wild rice, which is much more delicate. Anyway, it was really good. I'm I'm, I'm really enjoying it, and there should be some left. So I'm going to go eat it later after the show goes off. And I used a boneless um, chicken thigh. Hell yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's right. I'm looking forward to some lasagna soup, too. I'm really looking forward to making it. There was a video on YouTube that I favorited, and it ended up on um, my Facebook with um, lasagna soup. (sighs) (laughs) I'm trying to talk about food. (laughs) Quim is never okay. Just saying. Not even when it's mewling. Not even who on the podcast. Quinn quietly quilled Queena's Quim. Ladies, don't let a man quill you. <laughs> <laughs> she was taking she's taking the big challenge, busting out the Q word. Boys, don't let a man quill you. Don't don't let anybody quill you, no matter who you are. <laughs> Words with friends doesn't you, let you use a lot of nasty, dirty words. It's just unfortunate. Or even sometimes not the dirty words. But you can't use the word cock. You can use cock. You can use ass. Um, you can use damn. You can't use, you can't use cunt. I have tried. I know, me too. I've tried multiple times. Like, like every time, t- yeah, it's, like, it's like every time it appears in your hand, you have to try. It's like you feel morally compelled. Like you know it won't work, but you do it anyway. Can't use fuck. No. Because I try every chance I get. Um, but you can't use pussy. Well, pussy has another, it's just like uh, cock, you know. Ass has another definition, and cock has yeah. another definition. So they're they're showing up in a regular dictionary. 
wonder what dictionary.com says about pussy. <laughs> well, it's one of the definitions they give. So it's weird they put Huh? A slang term for vagina. Yeah, but they put under the first definition they give two they give they okay, so under the first definition for it you've got um subdefinition one, a cat, an informal term for cat, or a slang term meaning a disparaging an offensive of a timid or a passive person. So that's like the first set of definitions. Then it goes on to another entry, and it says, you know, the vulva. That's what it gives. <laughs> Ooh. And there's a third definition, apparently, that it means with pus-like. Yeah, I didn't need to know that. Maybe well, that's the difference between pussy and pussy is... Um, Not much, apparently. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> Just in the way you say it. It's all about the situation. <laughs> Context, Context is everything. Is everything. <laughs> Pussy. It's just not a good word. No, pus isn't a good word. We just don't, you know. I, anytime, any, pus never, in, in my opinion, pus never comes up in a positive way. <laughs> There's just no context for it that you're going, yay! <laughs> That's so exciting. <clears throat> I'm getting a lot oh. of interesting feedback on my world building that I've been showing to people, um, you know, through my notes on Facebook. Um, Is it freaking them out? I don't think they... I don't know how to... I've gotten some private messages from people who um who apparently really didn't understand um what world building was is to me um personally not everybody approaches world building the same way that I do. I find it very beneficial to write diary entries, personal logs um depending on the fandom uh little essays on and I have a whole bunch of essays on magic that um I produced when I was um doing the pre-plotting for Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond um and um I have essays on ritual magic and um runes and just all things that I've just that I wrote in my little notebook about the ideas of how that worked I also have extensive essays and notes on the um scenes in ties that bind that's just especially to do with exhibition, which I wanted to make each one of them um oriented and that they advanced the plot and they weren't there just for you know gratuity um and also that they were each even if some of the acts were the same that they uniquely impact the reader and the characters involved. And I think I accomplished that, but that's very difficult to accomplish when you're doing the same thing in different settings if you don't put some effort into it. So in displaying my process, I think people are kind of weirded out, and I don't know 
what that means. <laughs> I really don't think my process is all that weird. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't think your process is weird. <laughs> that was really slow. <laughs> well, I was sitting there thinking through. I was like, is there anything you've done or anything you just mentioned that I think is what struck me as strange? And I, 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 I was gonna say, I was gonna say maybe you know when you were writing, doing your complete rituals in the notebook, and people thought you were a Satanist. <laughs> but then no, there's a whole notebook that I have where it has like um, where I've actually. Ri- drawn out the circle and put the people's names in and what they would be doing and it would have like blood right on it and I, people if if somebody saw that they would think I was a satan worshiper there is no doubt in my mind <clears throat> but actually you know and even you know, that, that that was I was even thinking over that one when you when the one I said none of it seemed weird to me because even that one which I wondered if you know how would I find that necessary to do that? And I think if I were writing a complicated ritual, I would because, especially if you have a lot of people involved in the ritual, um, you got to keep up with the moving parts. It's easy to forget that somebody's there if you like don't have a, something written down to show that they're there, and some kind of visual map of it makes a lot of sense to me. So, what? I had more problems designing the rituals in Darkly Loyal than I have in any other um, magic ritual thing that I've ever done because I had to associate them with the Deathly Hallows and I had to associate them with the power objects and the jewels that they used to um, hold them, their their souls. So I had to look up what the qualities were for these um, jewels that I used, these orbs. Um, And then when it came to their, um, to their ritual in the past, um, when they exchanged magical gifts and Harry made runestones for each of them um, for Darkly Loyal, um, I had to figure out, you know, what runes related to them, both as a character and as their role as a Deathly Hallow, because it was um, very different. And that isn't something I could have done on the fly. No, no. Because it was it was through you doing that, as I recall, um, through you planning that in advance, that you figured out that you needed a, a fourth presence in the ritual. Right. And if you'd done that on and the fly, mm, you'd have written got written like, to that point and gone, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm missing a whole person, and that changes the ritual. Everything. It changed everything. Um, so there are some things... Um, that I could do on the fly, but that kind of thing, especially that opening ritual where they're going back in time and Hermione's on the altar and um, Harry and Draco are are going to have to do something really terrible and Harry's going to have to shoulder um, being responsible for the death of not only his wife, but his child. Feeling that responsibility, even though he wasn't the one who did it. Percy killed her, but she was in stasis and she wasn't dead. And so there's that burden there of not only um, of him completing her death, but also ending the life of his son, who could not be saved. 
um and it's um to not give it a lot of thought in my mind would have decreased the amount of um emotional impact that went into it because that impact resonates to Harry's character throughout Darkly Loyal because part of his rage is not just the loss of you know what they suffered in the future was that he had to sacrifice his own child and he's never getting over that that's going to resonate through his character and it should for the rest of his life and it has to have impact on him as he moves through the story and he has to eventually acknowledge this strange rage he has in him wherein it's not his fault that Hermione um, was murdered and their child was killed with her because she was pregnant but because Draco put her in stasis Harry was the one that ended her life And a Darkly Loyal fan is the one where they go back for revenge. And Unseekable Plots where they go back to save magic because magic is dying and they don't know why until they get back in time. Yeah. Darkly Loyal, they're just mad. They're just they're just furious. They're absolutely furious and they want to kill everybody. And they do. <laughs> it's awesome. I think that, um, you know, when I, I use, I use, well, I reference, Several small, several rituals I don't really get into much. But I really only use one major ritual in um, Slytherin Black as when his soul was rendered back through time. Um, but I wrote almost none of the ritual, but I understood exactly. I mean, I don't, obviously, I don't, it was all done with um, arithmetic equations. So obviously, I don't understand. There's no nothing literally for me to draw on. But I understood, the, I did plan out the workings of how all that was going to happen. Um, so even if I don't ever reference it, it's like the more you have of that kind of stuff, if you ever do need it or you ever need to refer to it or write a plot point around it, it's already decided. Otherwise, when you're making it, I know this from my panting days, is otherwise when you're making um, when you're making decisions on the fly, sometimes you make the same decision different ways as you move through the story and then you have big plot holes and consistency issues that are harder to work out at the end. Well, I think the Horcrux um, is a perfect example of that. Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't think the Horcrux existed when she wrote the first book. I agree. That's the way it reads because, to me. Because later on, later on in the series, um, uh, and J.K. Rowling admits that she knows the Horcrux ritual, that she figured that out. And of course she did, because you don't have something that evil in your story and not know how it gets made. Um, but she's never revealed how it gets made because it would invalidate the beginning of her first book. Because he didn't do a ritual. He walked into that nursery, killed Lily, and then tried to kill Harry. There was no... He wasn't there to create a Horcrux. He was there to kill Harry Potter. Now, fan fiction has him creating a Horcrux on purpose, or maybe he was there to get an object to do it, and Harry was just collateral damage. Well, no, that's not true. He was there to kill Harry. And so she's never going to share what she thinks the Horcrux ritual is, because it literally invalidates the fact that Harry could be a Horcrux. Yeah. I think that, um, I think, I 
based on my reading, and I, I have to admit, I probably, of, of all the Potter fans out there, I probably read the least in the fandom. Um, but uh, I, from what I read, the most popular trope around explaining that last Horcrux is that Voldemort's soul was so unstable that it was completely right. accidental. That it was a soul shard, basically um, grabbing on to the only other living, uh, you know, but being there. So that implies that creating a Horcrux can be done by accident, which slaps exactly. in the face of the intricate lit, um, ritual she said it takes to do it. Um, and also, if a Horcrux could be made in that kind of accidental fashion, then they wouldn't be rare. Yeah, because there has to be magic out there that can shatter somebody's soul. I think the killing curse itself probably does that. Well, but if that's the case, then all of the Death Eaters who've killed multiple people, um, where there was anybody left alive, would have Horcruxes running around. So the question is becoming, do you, if the killing curse, say for say for a theory, it shatters the soul... Um, is it shattering? Is it fracturing the soul of the person who's casting or the person who gets casted on? Which means, did that Horcrux get created when he cast the killing curse at Harry or when the curse bounced back and hit him? And if that's the case, can you create a Horcrux by using a killing curse on yourself? Terrible idea. I have them occasionally. <laughs> no, it's just, but that's the issue is that when you when you create something on the fly like that, which we all you know pretty much think she did, um, is the Horcrux side of it. Is then it calls in? It's no matter what explanation, no matter what explanation you come up with for what happened in that nursery, it fundamentally has holes in it. Well, I just like she said that she feels like one of her biggest mistakes in the Harry Potter series was creating a time turner, and I have to agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that well, was a the time up. turner. The time turner. Um, the whole, the whole, that whole, and I don't, you know, we talked about that a little bit. The whole, the cursed child thing. Um, the, what they're doing with the time turner and that makes mm-hmm. like zero sense because if any of that was possible. Um, the world would be so fucked up. It would be there. There's just no it'd be way. So, it would be so fucked. But not only that, it then makes. Um, and I know she didn't write it, but if the person who did write it didn't stop to think through the consequences of what that means um, for the fact that they put that kind of power in Hermione's hands when she was what a third year? Yeah. What the hell? She turned fourteen her third year. So yeah. So that's just, brilliant. I mean, that's just. That's just you just don't do that, you know. I always figured they had a limited range. That was kind of way my I'm like, well, they can't go back more than a few hours or a day at most or something like that. But even then, time turns would just just completely screw things up. It was a, it was a terrible idea. She she needed she needed Akira Alpha Rita in, in her life to help point out um, consequences of of crazy decisions sure she was making along the way. Do that? Yeah, that's not the that may not go well because for you later. If I was Harry Potter and I found out that Time Turners existed, my first question to Dumbledore would be, well, why the fuck didn't you use a Time Turner to go back and save my parents? Exactly. 
instant Dark Lord. Time Turner turns Harry Potter into a Dark Lord. <laughs> In his third year. <laughs> because you apparently only need to go back for five minutes to prevent anything, that kind of crap from happening. <laughs> it's <laughs> Anyways, we're down to 40 seconds. I hope you guys have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you later. Say good night. Good night, everyone.